0: Hey, Teddy
1: Dude, Bridges in. They put Bridgewater in? Oh, is,
0: that, is that on Teddy Bridges? Nah, no, that's, nah, Case nah,
1: Keenum, nah. that's Case Keenum, Everyone, That's Case Keenum. That's just, that's just Jack McKinnon next
2: to him. Yeah, no. he saw a black guy and thought it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bridgewater. It Maybe was a black DJ guy racist. with, like, baby
0: soft skin, all <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Completely Unprepared Podcast. My name is
2: David. <laughs> I'm Jordan. And I'm Drunk Uncle Rex.
1: <laughs> Filling in for Kira. Thank you, Rex, for being with us. Um, I wanted to jump back onto what we were talking about with uh, Baker Mayfield. One thing that I was hearing about it, uh, about his his antics yesterday, um, <laughs> as we'll call them antics in air quotes, because I actually think it's hilarious. Um is, is that it would affect his NFL draft stock? What <laughs> legitimacy do you think there is to that?
0: I, I don't think there's anything to that. Like, yeah, he shouldn't be doing that. And yeah, you know, scouts are going to see it, but it doesn't really affect anything. Like, if it is off the field antics, then it's an issue. But when it's on the field, honestly, like that kind of helps his draft prospect because as an owner, when you're looking for somebody who you can monetize, when you have a polarizing character like that you know that people are going to tune in and watch regardless of if it's a good thing or a bad thing people are going to watch you know
2: yeah and and the one, one thing about cuz i unfortunately am a, like a big sooner fan is uh the one thing I've, i i know about baker since he's been there is even though like you know last year he got in tr- or you know earlier this year he got in trouble for his 21 run and yesterday grabbing his crotch is uh, you know that team follows him he he owns the huddle and when there is a huddle but they they he's a leader and I I would still think uh, even though he yeah yesterday was just a bad day that uh, if I was a scout and I would just sit and watch how that team responds to it I mean he did a dance his uh it, the year that he was el- finally eligible for Oklahoma and The team just love it. It was like they, they, he's like got this maybe uh, the Danny Ainge thing where you want him on your team, um, but you don't want to play against him, and you may not like him, but the team rallies around him. So as as a GM, I would, I would want a, a leader that someone rallied around, and not someone that's like, like, like Lonzo Ball right now. He had a. I'm gonna shift to. Basketball, Lonzo Ball here walked away from a fight the other day with the Lakers, or like some kind of thing was going on in Phoenix, yeah. And that turned off a lot of the Laker fans and a Mm -hmm. lot of the team. And right there, it's like, well, you're part of the team, uh, and you're walking away from something, and that's something like Baker would probably lead. So,
0: yeah, and that's I think you touched on an important part is that yeah, he's he's still leading the team regardless of these little antics. It's not like he's Uh, breaking apart the team so like one of the comparisons they kept drawing was oh you know know, it's like the bad parts of johnny manziel it's like well not quite because the bad parts of johnny manziel pushed him away from his teammates but really for baker he's uniting his team behind his crazy antics that he's doing so he's leading rather than breaking apart anything so yeah I, i i i'm very much in favor of what he did or at least not against him. I'm I just thought the whole him. thing
1: was hysterical because, like, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm looking at that that still shot of him grabbing his nuts, going, "That would be a hilarious like uh, Bowl Week
0: T-shirt." Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I did like uh, that the commentators during that too were like, "Oh, and there he is, looking over at the Kansas sideline. That's all he's doing." And then he starts yanking on his dick, yelling "Fuck you!" And they're like. Oh, oh, that's that's not acceptable. That's that's inappropriate. Yeah. I got so uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> I do appreciate that the cameraman the- stayed on it so long, though. He was like, "No, no, no, we're capturing this." Oh yeah, that's prim- <laughs> that's prime. We needed that.
0: Yeah, and then the commentator spent the rest of the game like back and forth. Like, you know, you really can't have that kind of stuff going on. You know, scouts are going to be mad. Oh, and that was a beautiful pass by Baker right there. That's the good things you like about him. And then it's like. Make up your minds. Do you hate them or do you love them?
2: Yeah. Well, that, that I think that's the thing too, because they didn't know how to deal with it. It, it it's almost, <laughs> it's almost like, like uh, here here's, here's this guy, guy. You know, he's top five for for Heisman, and uh, yeah. So he grabbed his crotch. But who doesn't grab their crotch when? And especially it's like it's like here's a guy. Here's the guy. Here's here's the guy. The best. They they started it, and and they don't even really talk about it. And that's what cracks me up. It's like, well, you know, uh this game – you knew this game was going to be a bad thing from the beginning because of because
0: that. Of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that whole like, oh, we're not going to mm. shake your hand. Dude, you're fucking Kansas. Yeah. If, if you're going to do something about that, like make a statement about it first. Don't just not shake his hand for no reason.
2: It's, and then and they're all captains, captains, captains too. And that's yeah. what yeah. cracks me up. It's like, that, that's, that's why, why Kansas sucks. sucks. Here are here your here leaders. Here are leaders. They don't, they don't know. know. What, what to did, do? They're they're thinking. Oh yeah, let's do this. Days. It'll be really cool. We're on TV. Well, you know why it backfired.
1: The the th- I mean, Kansas
2: was lucky that uh, T C the Oklahoma played T C U the week before. I mean, uh, had it been the other way around, it probably got drilled, and then Oklahoma would have still maybe taken care of business with uh, TCU. I mean, but they left their emotions on last week in the field. So
0: I like how forty-one to three is not Kansas getting drilled <laughs> in well, Kansas terms. <laughs>
2: Should have been like sixty three to nothing.
0: Oh but. yeah, no, you're totally right.
1: But it's just the other thing that that's interesting about it is you, you the way that people are talking about it, like talking about B- what Baker did. Uh, I, I don't see the same level of outrage over what Khalil Tate, quite frankly, did yesterday against the Ducks, where he purposely stepped on a duck.
2: Oh and yeah. How is
1: exactly. that? How is that not worse than that? No, test not a literal duck. <laughs> <laughs> How is that not worse than than an obscene gesture on
2: the sideline? Well, that's another thing too. With uh, Bay yesterday, you know, he took a, like three cheap shots too, and actually oh, yeah. he may have taken five cheap shots because uh, I know uh, the center Ren got a personal, got a personal foul, foul, and foul, and I can't. can't uh, Samia got a personal, a personal foul. foul. And they were basically taking guys off of uh, of Mayfield for taking their extra shots at him so yeah and then he took you know the Hamad defense whatever his name was, took that and he should have got thrown into the game so
0: yeah, and that's kind of what set up that gesture too is at the end of the first or at the end of the second quarter end of the first half, uh, they got like an egregious hit on him and there was no call. so he's pissed so he comes out in the third quarter scores a touchdown, yeah, he's gonna go, Hey, you guys wanna take deep shots of me? Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Look at the
2: scoreboard. And that's why I, I I would if I could have drove to wherever Mac Brown was yesterday, I'd have stuck my foot up his ass because he made it sound like everything was Baker's fault. I'm like, no. Dave Pash. Uh, J- oh, that guy, yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, I just you you're you're you you you're not watching the game or you're just one of these sissy Marys that you know, maybe you went to a school that got drilled by OU when you are in school, so. Yeah. Oh, uh, why is Greg Olson in this game here with the uh, <laughs> That was
0: the Panthers? commentator?
2: Panthers yeah, on buy, he's on the IR, I though, right? Uh, I think he's coming off next week. But why is he, like, here? It's kind of odd that he's not with – or the Panthers don't play today, right? They played the other day.
1: No, no, no. Like somebody? I, think, I think Panthers are on a bye right now. Oh,
2: Okay. Um, and well, so maybe I'll this, let him decide then. But I think that's weird that here's an active player in the booth already.
1: My thought dude, on should, it is we're dude, about they should to do see, that every time. My thought on it is we're about to see Greg Olson be a commentator for Fox next year.
2: Ah, uh, that could be. His body's beat up. Tight ends.
1: He's been he's been getting hurt recently. Uh, I could see him retiring into this year, uh, and then making a move to go inside uh, inside the booth.
0: Well, just in, in this regard, uh, I think they should take any, any players that are on a buy or an IR, put them in the box. That'd be awesome, get a current player's perspective on the game, somebody who is very you know, versed uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as, as a model. Uh, paintball used to, used to do this all the time, where uh, because you could only have one game at a time or something, uh, they'd have current players come up to the box and they would, there was the main commentator and then there was just another active player and they would all sit there and they would talk about the game. And it was cool to get that perspective of somebody who's actually going against these other teams at that time uh, and seeing what they do. I think the NFL should absolutely, that'd be
1: awesome. The other thing that I'd, I'd love is, uh, so on Thursday night, they started bringing in the uh, Skycam more, just mm-hmm. kind of testing that out. I'd like to see in the future, uh, you know, as, as, these games are going to slowly move more and more to uh, online. Yeah. It'd be cool to have the ability to like change the camera angle that you want and like choose your different announcers as well. Oh yeah. So like if, if I could, especially with the announcers, like if you could lock up like, I don't know, two or three like past players from each team so that whenever those teams play each other, you get one from each team. So you could watch like, you know, in the future, you could watch the Broncos or or the Colts and the Patriots play, and listen to like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady be the announcers.
0: Yeah. Or oh, yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. Or like as you're saying, with uh, you know, moving more towards the internet, let Twitch streamers uh, commentate the game. Just it, <laughs> it, you know, put put a big ESPN logo on it or whoever. So you know, you guys are still getting the revenue. Yeah. But then you're getting it out there to anybody who wants to watch any game at any time. Uh, and, and, and that's
1: the big missed opportunity with with walking away from the Barstool Sports
2: uh, oh, yeah, thing yeah. that they had. Yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I get why, they, why walked they walked away from that, from that uh, but, but at, at the same, same time, time... I mean, because I, mean, I follow Barstools, Barstools on Twitter, Twitter and yeah, they're, they're outstanding. Yeah. But, you know, then they, again, they, they, they haven't grabbed my crotch, but <laughs> at the same time, it's... Uh, <laughs> And especially with uh, the interactiveness of everything now, yeah. I think, you know, because, yeah, they are losing, um, uh, what is it, their their demographics, people aren't watching it because some of this stuff is, some of it is bad football and some of it, you know, people are doing other things. But I think either you make it interactive or when the Raiders move to Vegas and uh, gambling is legal, it'll bring people back because, you know, everyone gambles, everyone loves that crap, but... Yeah, uh, but as far as if it doesn't ever become legalized, then yeah, you know, make it interactive because there's a generation, like your generation that would love interactiveness. They would just, they would buy into that and it'd be so awesome. But yeah. unfortunately, just, just partner, there have been opportunities that have been missed.
1: Partner well, with like microtransaction games and make the gambling worth the little cr- crates
2: that you can get. <laughs> oh, yeah, it'd be like, hey, do you think don't blitz? You know, so, so Blitz right here putting in like a nickel or a dollar or something. Ca- that kind ca- of stuff would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of those microtransactions now, apparently there's a, like a gambling commission in Sweden or something like that that's actually investigating these games and trying to determine do they qualify as gambling Oh. for a video game. Because you can, you know, buy like a, a crate in the game and then it'll randomly pick something for you and you get that prize. So they're saying, yeah, that's that's gambling you're getting a physical or a digital reward uh exclusively based on random luck and chance
1: yeah, mm. yeah it's gonna be i mean daily sports will still say have the same argument that they already have which is that there's skill involved mm-hmm. but that's one step closer to us losing
2: daily sports as well yeah that's because they want to control it that's the main thing
1: <laughs> oh, we should
2: ask uh jordan's uncle russell about, you know, uh, my brother Russell works for the Gaming Commission, and I always ask him questions constantly about, you know, what's going to happen. Will they take this away? Will they will they add that? And, you yeah. know, he may know too, so but I, he won't tell us. <laughs> I was said, how how honest will those said. answers be? <laughs>
0: yeah. when, when you ask him behind closed doors, he's pretty honest, usually. Oh, that's, look at Keenum go. Yeah, he's he's been legitimately good this year. Yeah, well, I've always held that Keenan's actually a pretty decent quarterback. He's not, you know, a flashy quarterback. He's not in the top tier, but he's a very good game manager. And if oh, that's yeah. what you need, then that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. Yeah, just seeing
1: well, him here, I've got to think that more of the problem last year was Jeff Fisher and not himself.
2: Uh, <laughs> Jeff I mean, Fisher is the worst coach ever.
0: But he's my idol. He was there for so long being so mediocre and they just wouldn't fire him. I want, yeah. I want that. I didn't pay millions I, of dollars to be shitty. I'm, I can be shitty for a I've got to push dollars.
1: back a little bit. I, got, I, I feel like Jim Tomsula was a little bit worse. Uh,
0: but yeah, but Jim Tomsula got oh, fired after a year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, Fisher's problem was, uh, you know, yeah, the Titans made it to a Super Bowl, but he didn't, he didn't get in the way of McNair being a, a good quarterback. But, uh, it with the Rams, with the I mean, you know, yeah, Brassard was hurt, was hurt. But uh he yeah, had he other good quarterbacks, quarterbacks there, there I, think, I think if I remember, I remember right. right. I can't. But, but you know he had, with, he had uh, the
0: quarterback who had the tying record for uh, most touchdowns in a game.
2: But then, Nick Foles. Oh yeah.
1: I yeah, feel absolutely. I feel like if Fisher wanted to <clears throat> you know, in retrospect, if he thought you know, how could I have kept my job? I feel like the answer would have been go into the season, into preseason with Jared Goff is our starter and give him all of the reps through through the entire preseason, give him, you know, the, the, you got eight games where he's basically onboarding. Uh, and then you can start to see some progression on him through the season that at least the owners, the, the ownership could have been like, okay, well we see where this is going because this is the same, this is largely the same team with the exception of last year's draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. and if you look at the starters, I key components are pretty much also, exactly oh. the same.
1: Oh. As I take that back right away, they also signed some people uh, between trading for Watkins, signing Robert Woods. They got Cooper Cup, yeah, and then they got... Well,
0: Cooper
2: much, Cup helps them out, I think. Yeah, so... Yeah, Woods but how, much does too. Sam,
0: how much has Sammy Watkins done? Watkins like, hasn't nothing. helped them,
2: but Woods yeah. and uh, Cooper Cup have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, even still, like, they're doing absolutely fine. or They're leading the league in uh, scoring, And last year they were a joke. Yeah. You can't tell me that two rookies are the reason that that changed. It's largely on Todd Gurley and uh, Jared Goff being put in a position where they can actually shine. Yeah. Much better play calling. Uh, I mean, kudos to Sean McVay. He's really turned this team around.
1: I'm really surprised on that. I mean, I didn't necessarily think he was going to fail, but I didn't think he was going to be leading the NFC West on his first
2: year as a head coach. No. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because,
2: yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff Fisher's problem, he uh, he just didn't evolve. He was kind of like, uh, in World uh, War in World II, War he was like the planks like of generals, generals that, that felt uh, if when World War II was going to start, they were going to be very defensive, very trenched warfare. He didn't realize that, you know, you had to be mobile. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that happened to, even like, even before Jared Goff, where they, it was just like, hey, we're going to run two two times nothing happens. And then they, yeah, I'll throw it, but I'll check it down to like a tight end and then punt because he was hoping that his defense would carry him. And yep. You know, this isn't 1940s football. This is 19, 2017 football where you have to, you're going to throw the ball. It, and then it cracks me up when you hear people say, well, two things, three things happen when you throw the ball, and two things are bad. Well, it, it's the same thing with running. You, you lose or you fumble. And, and, and or you get you know and and I think with with passing you complete it if incomplete it's you intercepted yeah they say it runs for, for both sides but when I cracked up when I hear someone say that I'm saying like, well you don't really watch football then do you yeah yeah you could say
1: that with a lot of things that people say about football too
0: <laughs> the one thing I do like more about run the run than the pass mm. is when you have a powerful run game going on it doesn't feel like there's anything the defense can do to change it. Oh, yeah. Because they're just getting beat physically. You can't change how strong or physical you are. If you're getting beat by the pass, you can, you can logically be like, okay, if we make a better play, we can get in between the defender and that ball. We can uh, block that up. And it doesn't mean that you always can, because sometimes you're just, they're just faster or whatever. But when you're getting beat on the ground, oh. it feels like there's absolutely nothing you can when, do. It's like
2: – when Pittsburgh's running on all cylinders mm-hmm. and they got Bell and they got Roethlisberger, it's like you really, on the other end, it's almost like, oh my God, what do we do? Yeah. This guy, he's going to hurt me when he runs at me, or this guy's going to throw over my head. I don't know what to do. Yeah.
0: And Antonio Brown's the one sitting there waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now they got Juju, too, just to make it even worse. Well, I was going to say, they've got Juju. And then,
1: even then, if you've watched um, you know, the, the plays where, Connor comes in to spell Bell. Connor looks mm. solid as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Connor, Connor to my eyes looks better than D'Angelo Williams did last year.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. D'Angelo. He, I, you know, he, he's just. I think uh, what happens to all good running backs—they just eventually get in their late twenties, early thirties, and their body hurts.
0: <coughs> Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
2: D-
1: D'Angelo <laughs> had had the benefit of being in, like, a tandem for, what, seven years, eight years or something. So he really wasn't beat up that much. But still, when the age goes, much. it's going to catch up. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, like, going on this Marshawn Lynch uh, thing uh, Jordan just said, it, it cracks me up. Uh, he, I don't think he knows how to run through a hole. I mean, it, if, <laughs> if, if there's a hole there, I think he will avoid the hole so he could hit somebody. And I think that's his biggest problem is he would rather hit someone and then get his five yards instead of get 15 yards and avoid someone. I mean, this is – he's the epitome. I'm not running out of bounds. I'm going to find someone. I'm going to hit him. And, and I think that's what's going to happen. Eventually, he's going to beat up his own body that way. It's like yeah. he already hasn't.
0: It's like we have the problem kid- with um, aging players isn't necessarily that uh, they, you know, they're injured and they can't – because they might be 100% healthy. But the problem is when they get injured, their body can't recover as fast. Yes, it's yes. not that they, they're, you know, worn down and they're, you know, beaten up. It's that when they get hit and you know something falls out of place, they're not going to be get, able to get back in in three plays. It might take them, you know, six, Ooh. and then it might take a week rather than a, a day or two. That's so somebody, that's when you start seeing those fall off.
1: That's what somebody pointed out to me was the was the bigger benefit of like HGH for for baseball players was for the pitchers being able to
2: recover quicker. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah i never thought about it. Well, actually, steroids do that, too. I mean, uh, now there's, like, uh, Jose Canseco's trainer was Pete Rose's trainer. Uh oh And uh, to me, I I feel like Pete Rose probably took steroids, too, because this is a guy that played a million games in a row, never got hurt. He was known as Charlie Hustle. But but he also had an anger issue. So maybe he took steroids, but he didn't work out, because back then, you – He didn't lift weights. And so he was probably taking his greenies. He was taking his steroids, and that's probably why he was an angry man. And uh, then by the time his trainer is teaching or coaching uh, Conseco now and with the Russians and what they were doing with with steroids, all of a sudden he's working out with steroids to do what he did. And it's like, but, yeah, I I think that's why people think, oh, a pitcher took steroids? Well, yeah, because it helps your body recover. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I drink beer every day, so nothing's going to help me. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, just speaking of the same kind of idea, the, the reason why Tom Brady is able to have such a long career and still do so
2: well. At least not say avocado ice cream.
0: <laughs> that, that was what I was going to say, actually. No, um, is because uh, he is so good at getting rid of the ball before he gets hit that he doesn't take as many hits, so he's able to you know, stay healthier. But he's just so good at, at recognizing, all right, there's nothing here. I can get it on the next play. Just throw it out of bounds. Throw it in the dirt. Uh, so he's able to sustain a lot longer because he's not taking those big hits that other quarterbacks would because other great quarterbacks are like, I'm going to be in this to the very last second, and I'm going to throw a bomb even though I'm going to get drilled.
1: I have a theory that that's one of the reasons why the uh, New England kicker has traditionally been so good. Is that he'll get within, you know, forty yards of the uprights and, and be like, I don't have to force this into the end zone. We can take three and come back next next round. Oh, yeah. Whereas you'll get a lot of players uh, that'll get, you know, close enough where they're sniffing it and they're like, we we got to come away with seven right here.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to that because then it's a, uh, you know, you're staying calm, you're staying composed. That's a great quality. You know. No panicking from any of those players. Which the, the biggest example is uh, the Super Bowl. They are down yeah. twenty-eight to three and still uh, never panicked, and v- yeah. eventually made the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history.
2: And that is a good thing. Uh, that that is a really good uh, observation of Brady King because he doesn't have that gunslinger mentality. No, not at all. That guys like uh, you know Marino, Favre. Uh, even Manning to a point before his neck started bothering him, they relied on their arms more than their brains. And Brady is more cerebral. He is, uh, God, if he didn't go to Michigan, I would say he probably went to Stanford or something. The guy is really <laughs> smart. Mm-hmm. Even though Michigan is supposed to be a South school. I just, well,
0: he's a, he's at least football smart. I don't know. Yeah, how smart yeah is.
2: he's football smart. I was gonna say, uh, I was the other good, day, no. they, were, they were reading excerpts from his book and some of the shit he says in his book is so like, Really?
1: Say, if, we're, if we're drawing quarterback intelligence from where they went oh. to school, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has some answering. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Fitzpatrick's going to do the Dolphins today, so he yes. probably looks smart.
0: <clears throat> I did like uh, when uh, Fitzpatrick was told that he was going to start. He go, he goes on TV and he's like, like oh, I think it's – funny that my first game is going to be against the Jets. It's Like, dude, you're not the Jets quarterback, all right? Like, if you'd been played with the Jets for like eight years, then I'd be like, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting. But it's like, you were a band-aid that they had, and as soon as you went bad, they just tossed you to the curb. You are not the Jets quarterback. You were just a temporary fix. Which the Jets are really good at finding somehow, but...
2: Well, all I know is that Case Keenum is, uh, <clears throat> when the zombie pop has come, he's my quarterback, Is I, I guess he, he hunts boar with a knife. I mean who I'm never going into the woods to look for a wild boar with a knife and yet this guy does it. So yeah. Yeah. I, he's my starting quarterback for the zombie apocalypse. That's, that's it. I don't
0: think yeah. if I had a rocket launcher I'd be fighting a boar in
2: the woods. Uh, he's got a knife. Yeah, he's got a <laughs> knife and he's hunting wild boar.
1: That's crazy. That's dangerous too. My 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 uh <laughs> Uncle in Hawaii messed up his uh, his knee doing doing stuff like that. Oh, I don't yeah. know if he was using a oh. knife or what, but we went over there. Actually, no, he had to be using a knife. He's not allowed to own guns. Um, <laughs> but we, long story, we um, we went over there and, and his knee was almost like, oh, what did you do to your knee? He goes, oh, out, out hunting boar, hunting boar. And, you know, of course, I had to ask him like seven times to repeat himself, but then finally got to the answer. Well,
2: there you go. Case Keenan's our man. He- yep.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm still going with Mike Leach. I think the man, the man keeps a Viking axe next to his bed. I, I'm, oh, I'm going oh, with Mike Cooper. Leach.
2: Sorry, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup, Eastern Washington fumbles, I think.
0: Ooh, will tell you for fantasy though. I've been loving uh, Robert Woods, dude. That, oh yeah. He, he won't always get you the most points, but he'll give you a consistent points. Like he's hey. usually eight to twelve.
2: And he'll, he'll always special. catch a ball that releases twenty yards. Yeah. So that helps.
0: Absolutely. So he, it, it, I love those consistent players. That they don't have to be the best, but when when you're consistent, I will play you all the time. Like Jermaine Curse for the first half of the season was so consistent. So it's just like, yeah, you're not gonna outscore anybody, but at least I have you as a rock. So then I can put in a, bi- a big receiver or you know somebody who might give me some big points or give me no points, but I'll still be all right because uh, I got my consistent rock just sitting there waiting. So how was the game yesterday, Jay? Oh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun going down on the field. Although I, I did feel kind of bad because, you know, so I went to a Husky game yesterday uh, and uh, I was hanging out with uh, their defensive backs coach kid. So I got to go and see all the, uh, you know, like locker rooms, and the coaches' room, and all that kind of stuff and uh, hung out in the family box. It was pretty cool, but uh I, I felt kind of bad because I, I I was on the field and I looked at all these fans who were sitting there screaming, and I was like, man, this would be a once in a lifetime opportunity for those people. They'd be so excited to be right here next to their favorite team, and this is my least favorite team, and I'm sitting there next to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big fuck you to them. Like, oh. Well,
2: I- next year when uh, they they go down to uh, Eugene, we got to go. Oh yeah. I I, I know uh, next year Oregon gets off the snide right. and wins it. Uh, you know, Herbert or Keeper or whatever. Herbert, uh,
0: he's he back. Looks like,
2: he looks like a good, stout quarterback. And uh,
0: comes back and scores 48 points. You so know, and like, Bra- Browning
2: will come back next year. And Brown- so there's still something, there's something mental with Browning where he's not the stout quarterback he was his first year and a half. So Dude,
0: he was never a good quarterback. He had Jonathan Ross. And like, I I, I I know I sound biased, but really, like, objectively, he is just not a good quarterback. He's. yeah. Uh, uh, he he, does, he doesn't make good decisions he doesn't look off targets very well he just he was blessed with Jonathan Ross who even if you're not throwing to Jonathan Ross Jonathan Ross will pull safeties oh, yeah. cuz everyone's going to overcover Ross because he was an amazing speed, receiver yeah. yep. so it allowed Browning to look like a star when really it was all on that wide receiver but uh yeah that that offense is it's just absolutely terrible uh, their, their defense fantastic Best back, yeah. one of the best in the country. Uh,
2: Kowski or whatever his name is, he's pretty good coordinator. Mm-hmm. And Lake, Lake is uh secondary coach. I mean, seriously, the past two and a half years, all his DBs go to the pros. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not a coincidence.
0: And then he still keeps bringing them back, uh, you know, bringing back new ones all the time. Yeah. But yeah, that, uh, what is it, Jonathan Smith, the um, uh, offensive coordinator? Dude, that guy. He's uh, he looks like one of Sark's
2: guys. No, oh, he's going back to he's going back to Oregon State next year.
0: That's uh, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, he's going to take over the head coaching position there, and who knows, maybe uh, Washington could get an actual decent offensive
2: coordinator. We should apply. Tell Jamie Lake's dad we'll co-offensive coordinators.
0: Oh yeah, I'm in. I I t- I, I tried I tried to apply yesterday. The job. The kid that follows the team and then just sprints onto the field and picks up the uh, the kickoff holder thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. The little T for when you're kicking off the ball.
2: You see Boise State, uh, speaking of that because Chris Peterson, they have a dog that
0: does that. Oh, yeah. They have a dog that runs on the field and picks it up.
2: (laughs) I I want that that dog. job. Moyo's job will be that next year.
0: (laughs) Yep. So I told told Jimmy to get get me that job. I don't think it's going to happen. But, yeah, you get to follow the team like because each team picks up their own tea or whatever the hell it's called. That's
2: Stephon Diggs was hurt.
0: Uh, no, he's back. Nope, he's back. Oh. He,
1: that Stephon Diggs had had uh, three root canals like two weeks ago. Whoa! I was wow. like, Jesus Christ, dude! No, brush your teeth. Really? Are eating Ten?
0: Like Did he get punched in the face or something? No,
2: he's ten years old, eating freaking Twizzlers or something.
0: <laughs> Lots of sweets on oh, Josh Doxen. I
2: tried to pick him up. Someone already got him. Yeah. That guy was stout at
0: TCU. Hell yeah, he was. Him and Trevon Boykin, man. That was a deadly combo.
2: Yeah, there are times I wish uh, Boykin, Boykin wasn't hurt and, and Wilson would get hurt, so Boykin could play because Boykin's stout.
0: Yeah, I can't believe... Oh, is that, is that why he's on the practice squad?
2: Yeah, he got hurt.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Because that is uh, the perfect backup for uh, Russell Wilson. They're like the same dude, except Boykin's a little bit younger and a little bit less disciplined. That's That's it, but yeah,
2: I wonder where yeah. you got
0: less discipline from. <laughs> hey, man.
2: TCU. I blame Doug Meacham. i was surprised that Doug Meacham was Kansas' OC. I was looking at him and I said, oh, what the hell is Doug Meacham him there? So some, there must have been a falling out between him and Patterson because, or I think that, you know, maybe Patterson will pull a Stoops here and leave in the next couple of years and Cumbie will be his coach.
0: Breaking news as of three minutes ago. UCLA fires Jim Mora.
2: Oh my God, my buddy Jim Mora's out. Yeah, I I grew up with Jim Mora. I played sports against him, so I you know I'm friends with him, and and now I'm kind of sad. Sorry, yeah, but you uh, to see it coming. Well, then, then if your friend's dad takes over, I'll be happy. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But right now, I'm kind of sad for sat- for for Jim. He he he, he, he is, is a, a dick, dick though. though. Uh, <laughs> there there's a part of him where growing up, there's like this uh his dad w- was was a coach at, on the UCLA staff, coach of the husky staff, and you know there were bigger bigger things that was going to happen for his dad, and you know he that you know about it, and he went to a school uh Interlake when I was growing to Interlake was like the best school, but it was also like the newest school area of people with money moved there, so yeah, you got kids that were good there. uh Jim wasn't the best athlete, but he was a good athlete, so
0: yeah, it's going to be interesting. Although I, I did hear one that I, I thought was is a better or more exciting fit, I should say, for Jimmy Lake. They're talking that uh, Scotty Frost might go to Nebraska and then bring Jimmy Lake as his defensive coordinator. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. I would be so in love with that team. Such That would be such a solid offense and such a solid defense. Mm. Scott Frost being the uh, head coach over at uh, UCF and the former Oregon offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah. Back on college football, I'm pretty sad that the top ten teams did so well. I I need to see UCF get some respect.
0: Yeah, don't we all? Well, if the if the, the USF game is going to make that interesting. because uh,
1: yeah.
0: that's going to be a it's another ranked opponent. Uh, it's if the, if they win that, it's going to be interesting to see. Can the committee still disrespect them and say, "Oh yeah, you guys aren't"? In the top four, it's like, they'll have two top ten wins, or top 25 wins. They'll be undefeated, and you're going to tell me that Wisconsin somehow is better? No, not at all. No, no disrespect to Wisconsin or anything, but like, the, the, the disparity between the two teams just makes me angry, because they are the same.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough, though, because like, you've got, let's look at the people in front of them. TCU playing Baylor. Okay, so they're going to stay. Miami playing Pitt, okay, they're gonna stay. Oklahoma State playing Kansas, okay, they're gonna stay.
0: Yeah, most of the teams in the top uh, <laughs> top
1: one. There's just there's not gonna be a lot of movement unless like if Georgia Tech upsets Georgia, or if uh, just because Georgia Georgia showed some has shown some weaknesses the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, well,
0: I mean, Clemson Clemson Miami will figure itself out because they're gonna be facing each other. Uh, mm. In the uh, title game.
1: Oh, that's right. There's still title games to happen before all these gets decided, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Georgia-Alabama. That'll – or it'll be Georgia-Alabama or Georgia-Auburn because uh, uh, Alabama and Auburn play. And then following that, uh, one one of those teams will go and play Georgia. So the, that, that, that'll – those ones will kind of naturally figure themselves out. Uh, I believe TCU and Oklahoma are playing for the Big 12. That'll help figure that one out. Uh so there's still a lot of mo- room to move around. The Pac-12 title game is still not decided, but uh, UC, uh, USC is going to play either Washington State or Stanford. So, you know, those things will uh, kind of figure themselves out a little naturally. If UCF still manages to be behind either of those uh, defeated teams, then the whole thing's fucked.
2: But Well, UCF should get a big six, hopefully. Yeah. But...
0: They should, but I
2: think the cool thing, I I would love to see Auburn, a two loss -loss team win win the SEC SEC. and then say, well, we truly believe in this, uh, what we want and to make it really interesting for everyone else. Yeah. Put in UCF. Yeah.
0: Whoever wins the SEC. That's not going to
2: happen, but
0: yeah, but whoever wins the SEC, especially if they're from the West, is they're going to they're going to the playoffs. Oh yeah, right. Because in the span, if, it, if it's for a team from the West, it'll they'll have uh, in two weeks they'll have Alabama or Auburn that they beat, yeah. and then they'll have Georgia beat. Yeah. The, there's no way that the committee is going to be like, well, no. Uh, which I don't think Auburn should get in, even though they will have an Alabama and a Georgia win. But but yeah, UCF should definitely get in there. For the,
2: yeah, and, and you know, and I'm kind of hoping that, uh, let's say, uh, Scotty Frost does go back to Nebraska, which if he does, I feel that's a mistake because you can't go back home. It never worked. Will um, Holtz did it. Where do you go? Notre Dame. He went to Notre Dame? Didn't he? No, I know you mentioned Coach there. I thought he went to Minnesota, then Notre Dame. I thought Minnesota was where he went to school, but... I could be wrong because you know
0: maybe I, I know when like, he was at Minnesota. I'm from
2: Coco Rex, I'm I'm 99 sure most of it. <laughs> well, and hey, <laughs> you're probably right. LeBron, but, um,
0: I, I just know when he was at Minnesota, yeah. he he always told them like the only team that the only reason I'll ever leave this team is if uh, Notre Dame comes knocking and say, Notre well, Dame. I think he was
2: Catholic, you know, being, uh, being be Catholic. It's, it's like, like, like Bob Stoops, Stoops always used to tell told, uh, uh, Oklahoma, and they used to always worry about him going to Notre Dame because stoops was a big catholic boy but but anyways go back to scotty frost is uh you know you if he does go back I hope he doesn't i hope he works it out with the, the nebraska administration so where he waits till after his conference because i saw jimmy McElwain, who i know from uh eastern washington when he announced that he was going to florida i mean colorado state just mailed it in their last two games and i mean they they went from having a stout season to like 11 and two or 12 and two. And I, you know, I, I hate to see that happen to UCF, but I understanding that I know UCF is a school where, uh, you're showing up there and you're probably going to use it for a bigger job. Eventually you're not going to stay there forever. So.
0: Well, I don't, I don't think he will announce it. Mm -hmm. Even if he does leave, um, if he makes a decision early, just because they are undefeated. Um, so, you, so really you really want players your players to keep that mentality. You want to keep them right. Oh yeah. If you have a loss or two, you'll be like, "Look, yes, we had a great season, but I'm going to take off." But uh, when when you're here, you know, you're you have a chance. The first G5 team to go to the playoffs. So I don't think he he'll announce early. Uh, yeah. Just like uh, what's his name from Houston didn't do it.
2: Bro, uh, oh, Tom Herman.
0: Tom Herman. Yeah. Thank you. Like he didn't announce early because you know his team's undefeated. They're a great team. Eventually. They did lose, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a report
1: here that Scott Frost is already disputing uh, that he's even close to a Nebraska deal. He says, uh, yeah. that's just totally false. I haven't paid any attention to all these whirlwind rumors and everything, and I'm not going to. i got an unbelievable team I'm coaching, and I can promise you that no decision has been made. Oh, good. Yeah, sir.
2: All I know is I love him just because uh, uh, any coach that's running, running options for, option for practice to prepare for Navy. 80. Is a hell of a coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, options today. I mean, to this day, options still my favorite, my form favorite. Form of offense. But I understand that as a quarterback, it's not the best form of offense because you take hits constantly. But
0: oh yeah, it's super fun to watch. It's not. It's, it's not a great decision usually, but it's very fun to watch. That's why on, the, on this podcast, I keep pushing: bring back the wishbone. <laughs> Any head coaches that are listening, bring back the Veer. Bring back the wishbone. It's the most exciting football to watch.
2: Bring well, you know, it's so funny on EA Sports, uh, you, you're allowed to pick like uh, legacy teams. Mm-hmm. And I always pick like the 1985 Super Team. And I just run option against the computer. The computer can't figure out what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or even other people, they don't realize because they, 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 they see that I'm in the switchbone formation and they're geared up to stop me at the corner. And all I do is run off tackle until I see guys cheating. In the middle, and then I run option, and they're like the computer or whoever I'm playing is like, "Oh my god, I didn't see that coming." I said, "Well, the wish song is inside out, and you defend it inside out. You don't defend it outside in." And I said, "That's your biggest problem." So, but yeah, but the spread is the same thing. It's basically what's gone on is. Where you would have pitched the ball to that trailing, that trailing halfback, half that's where you're throwing, you're throwing the ball. Man, it's just like, oh, there's, there's a, a spot right there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, throw it to, to the slot guy. guy, and this guy, you know, I'm gonna hope he does what he does. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you see, you saw that especially with earlier adopters of the spread, is they weren't uh, they weren't even really running too many different plays. They were just uh, running the same thing, but they had so many options open that that is like, well, how are you gonna defend against that? Especially when they're fast. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Oregon team is old. It was basically the same play. You had one guy in the flat. You had one guy running the post. You had one guy uh, doing an under. And, then you, and have, then you have the option to the running back, or you uh, run it yourself. It's like, there's five, there's five different guys you have to cover. One of them's going to be open. Marcus Mariota is going to find him. Or he's going to run.
2: Wow, Gabbard's got two touchdown passes.
0: Wayne <laughs> <Blaine> Gabbard that? <said, laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's so sad.
2: I'm still mad at the Ravens for winning the Super Bowl with the worst quarterback ever. Oh, and, right. Fluco. Yeah.
0: And I thought it was funny. After that, There, all, all the commentators and all the you know, sports personalities were like, wait, can't call him Fluco now, can you? And it's like, yes, he fluked his way through a Super Bowl. Look at him now. He was definitely a fluke for an entire year just because yeah, he won one game. I don't
2: mind play. the other uh, Ravens that won, you know, because that, that defense was so stout with uh, – it was well, uh, Dilfer, so it's but defense. But with, with Flacco, there's nothing about him that makes me think. And I could be wrong because you know I, I I'm a compensation consultant. I'm not a GM. But uh, <laughs> there's something there's something about the way Flacco plays. I mean, this is a guy that left Penn State because of Tyler Palko, and Tyler Palko sucked at Penn State. So I don't or Pitt. One he left Pitt to go. To go to Delaware because Tyler Palco beat yes. his ass out. It's like Tyler Palco is nowhere to be found, and here's Flacco and the pros. I yeah. yeah. I, it's I just am amazing. Very much, I'm very much
1: on the record as saying that Joe Flacco is the most overpaid quarterback in the NFL.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. And he, I, he, makes still he makes
1: a lot of money too, right? Yeah. I, I know he's he got
2: paid after that single. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's
1: he make he's making amazing. like twenty million dollars
2: this year. Insane. Yeah, Kudos. That's amazing. Did he also want, like, lifetime uh, health care <laughs> and a uh, private jet?
0: <laughs> Despite being awful.
2: And oh, I mean, speaking of, what do you guys think is going to happen with Goodell and Jones? I, <laughs> I, that, I find that so interesting. NFL, and it, it, here's the thing. Yeah, maybe they're losing viewership as far as, like, actually watching the game. But as far as people paying attention, I think they become, yeah, like, like – uh, What's, What's that, that, that show called? with Nookie, Nookie or Schnookie? Oh,
0: uh, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. <laughs> they become the Jersey
2: Shores of the NFL. It's like, oh my oh, oh, like, God, uh, this is so uh, reality, reality TV, TV here. You couldn't script yeah. it, it any better. better. And part, part of me part thinks it is script, script because I'd pay I more attention to that than anything else at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think it's such bullshit. They're like, oh yeah, viewership is down. It's because viewership was at a maximum point viewership was bound to go down no matter what because they were already at a very high point that is the ebb and flow of watching things that is the ebb and flow of entertainment
2: yeah and if, there's nothing wrong with the product itself i mean no, uh, yeah. yeah there are some bad games and yeah maybe we're oversaturated with thursday night football because it pisses this me off now, i can't <laughs> watch a football game on thursday anymore i have to watch it on a tuesday and i forget uh but it's like uh eventually it goes down they reinvent themselves, and then people will watching it, and that's what they're doing. They're they're going to re and within two years they'll own the North American continent as far as sporting. I mean, yes. they still own it, uh, but everyone just is just paying attention to it this time around. Mm-hmm.
0: Another thing that the NFL is kind of lacking right now is a is that polarizing character.
2: like, uh, like Baker Bay- Mayfield would be a Baker perfect. will be event. the man in two years. Baker will be the savior. <laughs>
0: He's a perfect example. You need that guy that will divide people. Like we, they had Kaepernick before, but now Kaepernick's kind of out of the spotlight. Uh, y- you need that guy that'll make people pay attention, for better or for worse. Um, I think that's a major problem with uh, professional tennis right now. Is that there? There's really nobody yeah. polarizing except for Nick and Nick Kyrgios sucks, so it's not interesting.
2: Yeah. Like maybe. if he's a
0: top player, I think a lot more people would pay attention. Uh, You know, not to the levels of any other major sport, but still you get more viewership because you're like, God, this asshole keeps winning. Look at the heyday of tennis. The top, the top players, players at that time were uh, John McEnroe and uh, Jimmy Connors, who were both just so brash and loud on the court that even if you didn't, if you didn't like tennis, you watched, you watched because it because of that soap over. opera effect that you're talking about, you know, the, or the uh, reality TV effect. Oh, there's gonna be some drama when I turn this on it was interesting interesting. But if you're just watching it for the sport, you're gonna lose lose a lot of of, you know uh, Fringe uh, viewers because no one because they don't care. They're they're just like, oh, yeah There's just the ball going back and forth. It's not interesting to me But when you have you know Jimmy Connors who gets a bad call and then he goes and throws his racket on the ground and goes yells at the umpire people like oh, this is so entertaining to watch I I love watching people just fight. Yeah, and no
2: one goes nuts anymore over that because they had that stupid. well, maybe part of it is because of their uh, technology to see a ball goes out but the same styles. Still, same time going nuts.
0: Yeah. which by the way, they should totally have that technology in the NFL. I don't understand why they do. In tennis, you can get a digital readout of a ball going 70 miles an hour that you can tell exactly where it was and if it nipped the line even a little bit. But in the NFL we have to watch seven different camera angles. And maybe you get to see where the ball was. It can't be that difficult. They need to figure that one out. Maybe put some microchips in the ball or something. I don't know. The the, the replay technology, even though they keep trying to change it, it, it still feels so archaic.
1: Yep. And Intel's tried to do that 3D thing where you can go and look at it online and see, oh, all the camera angles. And it's like, just get the call right.
0: <laughs> I do like the new thing. You can like zoom in on a. Quarter or on a player, and you can see what they saw. Yeah. So you can see how the quarterback viewed the field. And oh all that. yeah. That's pretty neat. How they do their checkdowns and all that. Yep. Because I I don't think quarterbacks get enough credit for that. Because you know you have a helmet, it's a very wide field, and then people are like, oh, he was wide open. It's like, yeah, but it's not easy to go look to the right when you you got a blitz coming, and you have to run to the left. It's hard. Granted, <laughs> they're professionals, but still.
2: No, that shit's hard, or that crap's hard. It's but, like uh, even know, like, like seriously, seriously. When, we, when we're online and we're playing Madden, mm-hmm. I look and right away I go, I I know where I want to go with these two balls right away. Mm-hmm. I go, I already have like two looks that I say this is where I'm going. Because in in Madden, I'm one of these guys. Even though I was preaching, I love the wishbone and option. When I play Madden, I never run. I throw. Yeah, constantly i see and then what's so funny is that as soon as the play starts the computer or whoever i'm playing already has what i they they see the same thing i saw for some reason it's done and then my third guy is like oh god i gotta throw there," and i get like, I get three, like yards three yards and it's just it's the worst but yeah so mm. um I, that's a good point I, I mean yeah we as uh sideline quarterbacks whatever that term is Um, Armchair quarterback. Um, Armchair quarterback, yeah. Watching on TV. Yeah, we see something they don't see, but of course it's happening real time for them and it's not real time for us. We just see it in replay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and and there was something that came out. I don't remember who I was listening to, but they were talking about a conversation they'd had with Adrian Peterson where he had seen a play from the Arizona and Seattle game where he had... A thought to cut I, I can't remember if it was cut inside or cut outside but he did the opposite and then when he went back mm. and looked at the tape he went yep I should have yep. stuck with that original gut, gut feeling
0: oh yeah but you you know you have that split second I and mean, yep. even not even a yeah. second to make those decisions uh, it's so easy to look at them in retrospect and be like come on what were you even thinking there but when you have to make those quick decisions like I was just trying to get away from the guy. <laughs> but
1: saying, even when even when his reaction was to make the correct choice, he still, in the moment, uh, yeah, through some some method, made himself choose the incorrect decision, and it wasn't until afterwards that he went, "Yep, I was right at the time."
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah so, the minds an
2: amazing thing, whether, whether it be sports, sports or non-sports, sports, sports, to where sports. you know we make a decision, and then like a day later, it's like, "Oh my god, what the hell was I thinking?" That's like. Have you guys ever heard of the Mandela Effect? Yeah. Oh, the
0: uh, concept that uh, as a collective, we we all remember something differently than it actually was. Oh, oh
1: yeah. So See, I thought it was the concept where you get locked in a prison cell for twenty years and. No. Well, well, well that's the thing. That.
2: The reason it's called that is a lot of people think he died in prison. Yeah. yeah. And, and he did it, and it's, it's like, like uh, the movie, the movie uh, Forrest Gump. Everyone thinks like the the quote is a life is a box of chocolates, <laughs> but it, the, the quote is life was a box of chocolates, and I was like, no, that's wrong. Then I looked YouTube, then I go, and then when you get, get that, that perspective, perspective, then you realize, you realize he's you talking know. about life and what how his life happened, and, and, and I was like, like oh, I, I get it, it now. Know, but yeah, you know, ninety percent of the people, of people say, said, people oh, it's life is, life is a box, is a box of, 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 of chocolates, chocolate. so.
1: Yep. Well, then that's the same way. Then with the uh, with that famous line from uh, Star Wars, with the we would always Luke say I when we were younger,
0: father.
2: "Luke, and
1: we'd be like, you know, I am your father." And you go yep. and you listen to it, and that's a complete I mean, the same word, oh, yeah. but a complete wrong.
0: Yeah. He, he, to it. that that one is uh, Luke saying he told me you killed him, and Darth Vader just yeah. goes, "No, I am your father." Yeah.
2: yeah. But yeah, that's the funny thing about how our mind plays tricks on us and. That's like going back to like Adrian Peterson here. He, you know, AD sees one thing and he, he feels he did the other thing correctly. And then, you know, he looks back and it. Like, oh, you know yeah.
0: what? Well, we think, we think our minds work like computers. You know, we, we get something, we store it, and we have that memory set solidly. But really, the mind is so much more abstract than that. It can be influenced to think different things. Uh, it can be changed. That's why whenever you have like a witness on a stand, that testimony is absolute bullshit. Oh yeah, because they're try- they're trying to recollect how they think it happened, and they can be absolutely influenced by anybody else that's already been up, by how the question is presented, and they might think that they're absolutely correct and they're telling the truth, but that's not always the case. Well, anyway, guys, I actually got to get going. Uh, oh, we're thing at twelve thirty. But this was another solid. Yep. Conclusion to the uh, completely unprepared po- podcast. Uh, they'll so either take a train or I'm
2: gonna go. Probably this I'm old. We'll
0: take the train. Train's the best. Train's fifty-five
2: dollars, dude. That—that's how. It's, and then when you're driving and you drink, there are times you were like saying, "Oh, how the hell I end up in this ditch?" But the train <laughs> never <laughs> had that problem. <laughs>